0: Enjoy the show.
1: Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek
0: Podcast, your
1: one-stop for all 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 things geek.
2: Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica and I will be your host tonight as we talk about the box office sensation Avengers Endgame. With me tonight are some of the original hosts of the Temple of Geek Podcast, for those of our listeners who are new and may not be familiar with our original team can you guys please say hello introduce yourselves and tell our listeners a little bit about you
1: hi i'm daniel founder of templegig.com and the guy that's in the background
2: <laughs>
1: that's kind of scary daniel
2: <laughs> people are going to think you're like just kind of like creeping behind
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that watches over people's shoulders <laughs>
2: And I think what Daniel means is that he does all the back-end work for Temple of Geek, and he is literally the foundation that we cannot run off without.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what I was saying. Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) You're just a creepy dude in the back. (laughs) I'm just a creepy dude in the back. Paul, what about you?
0: Yeah, on the flip side of that, (laughs) I'm Paul. I am the co-founder of Temple of Geek, and it's been a while, and I'm glad to be back in the saddle. I am the movie guy. So welcome myself back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome back to the podcast and all right, movie guy, let's get right into it. I just want to hear first impressions. What did you guys think of Avengers Endgame?
1: It was horrible. Click
2: crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> <And it's over. laughs> no,
1: I movie was awesome. Um, I actually saw it multiple times, uh, and I, I think the very first time I seen it, you know, I kind of walked out of there was just kind of like didn't know how to take the film. And it took a, basically a second showing to kind of realize, oh, yeah, this is actually a really good film. And I really I, I really do know how my emotions are after leaving the film. It, it, it was worth watching and it was it was an amazing film. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it.
2: And Paul, what about you?
0: I thought it was a really good film. It was not the perfect ending, but a very presentable ending to the entire saga. And I I liked the way it was put together and uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I stayed away from spoilers as much as I could. And I was thoroughly surprised with a lot of surprises in there. So yeah, overall, good film.
2: I have to agree with that. I was so surprised. Like I had all these fan theories. I had all these like, you know, expectations and, Um, it just blew me away for me. I, I just walked out of there at some point in the movie, I was like clapping so hard that my hands hurt. And I don't know if I just saw it in a really great, like with a really great audience, but like, I'd never been in a theater where the audience was so, so engaged. And so just like, I could hear people crying. I could hear people clapping. I could hear like people saying, yes, no. Oh, it was like, this like adventure of like an experience. And it was really, really Uh, cool.
1: All the showings I went to were all exactly the same. Every, I mean, every showing, everybody was cheering and, and gasps. gasps Yeah. That was exciting.
2: I've never been. were really
0: into it. Yeah.
2: yeah, I loved it. Um, I know it's really hard because we had a really super star studded cast, but if you guys had to pick a favorite character, who would it be?
1: For me, in this this movie, I think it would be Thor. Um, Because, and before we go any further, I want to give everybody just a huge warning. We are going to probably give out a lot of spoilers. So, before we start talking any further on this, um, if you haven't watched the movie yet, please stop listening to this episode. Go see the movie. Then come back and listen to us babble on about this. Why would you even click on
2: it? Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) But, so, now with that... (laughs) You know, I, I needed to get that out of the way because I was afraid I was going to start saying stuff and then be like, "Oh, wait, we didn't give the spoiler warning." But <laughs> yes, Thor. I mean, when he first comes out on screen, you do not expect to see Thor in a fat suit.
0: Well, that's not the well. To to be fair, that's not his first because the the first is still his.
1: Well, okay, I agree what you're saying. The five after the five years later, yeah, But you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like you don't, yeah. you don't you don't you don't expect to see that, and um, it was just. From there on, I mean, it was just like Marvel took a bold move to to do that with that character, and they made it work. And it was just – that's why he's like my favorite character in that, that movie. I mean, it was just like it worked for him. It, it was it was just spot-on acting. It was perfect comedic timing, all that other good stuff that you would say about it. It just – it worked, and I, I really enjoyed his character in this movie.
0: And I agree. Uh, Thor was my favorite in Infinity War, and this was like the encore of that. The Russos, to me, they did Thor – great again and it, throughout the entire film so you can call it um the first phase which was the continuation i guess if you want to call it from infinity war the movie you know the comedic side i guess if you want to say that and then finally the battle thor so yeah all all, all three aspects of thor was my favorite as well
2: yeah um, i'm gonna have to agree with you guys i freaking love thor depressed Fat Thor is, like, the best thing I've <laughs> ever seen, and I freaking loved it. I was so excited. There's something so wonderful about this, you know, guy who's been through so much, who's suffered so much, who's, like, you know, just kind of, um, you know, who's been – he kind of feels like a failure. And, you know, in that moment where he gets the hammer back and he's like, I am still worthy. Like, I love that his depression and his, like, you know, his sulking and the years he spent kind of just, like, wasting away didn't make him unworthy. That it was just kind of, like, part of his grieving process or whatever, but he was still worthy. And I just loved seeing an action figure, uh, an action figure, an action star that wasn't, like, super, super, like, toned and fit, but was, like, kicking so much ass. Like, I don't know what it was about that, but I just died. (laughs) I was like, yes, yes. Please more of that because, like, you know, he didn't have to have this godly build to kick some ass, and I freaking love that. So,
1: and his beard braid just looked amazing. Oh my god, right?
2: <laughs> Sorry, I just got so excited about Thor.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I really like yeah. So when when he when he finally suits up, quote unquote, at the end, and he has the battle axe and um, Mjolnir in one, you know, in each hand, that to me was was epic. I was like, oh yeah. Double fisting I'm like, it, baby. What are you gonna do against <laughs>
2: that? Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was sad that they had to give up Mjolnir again at the end
0: of the movie, but
2: it had to go back to its timeline.
0: <laughs> it served its purpose.
2: It but that was really, really cool, and you know, and just because we brought it up, that moment when Cap grabs it. I just about died. That's where like I clapped so hard that like my hands hurt. Uh,
0: in, in my showing, a lot of people, and I got to say, including myself, uh, did that as well. And I just want to say that when that moment happened, like, I, I don't know if you guys kind of detected that, but the way the camera was showing, because I knew, I knew it had to be more than Thor just, you know, um, like uh, wielding it to come to him, I, I I knew it was someone picking it up, and the moment it shows Cap, you know, with the you know with with the, him putting it in his hand, that moment where Thor says, "I knew it," I said that too, and it just made me <laughs> go back to Avengers, um, uh, Avengers, Ultron, Age of Ultron, where they were having the game of you know who's worthy,
2: right, and, right, which is a and, great scene.
0: And exactly. So when, when, when that happened at that moment, I said, I knew it. So did Thor. And it just tied that all together. That, that one scene from three, four years ago.
2: It, it was beautiful.
0: It's like, it's the like calm. Thor, Thor always knew. And it, at the moment, at the, at the 11th hour, it, you know, Captain America shined with Mjolnir in his hand.
2: That amazing.
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, I just, I I was like, When the hammer flew across the screen, I was just like, oh, shit, you know, (laughs) I didn't see it coming.
2: So to me, I was just losing my mind because I did not see that coming. I was like, what is happening? That was an
0: epic moment. That was an epic moment.
2: Um, What did you guys think of the overall storyline? I'm especially interested to know what you guys thought about um, the way they use time travel. Daniel, this is kind
1: of where the movie it has a couple problems. I have a couple issues with the film,
0: and uh, and any time travel movie is always going to have problems.
1: So, at the beginning of the movie, I keep saying the beginning, but you know the part where they start to talking about the time travel where Ant Man comes back and all that stuff. They basically lay down rules stating that when you go back in time, that if you make any alterations or changes to the timeline, that that so like for example if i was to go back in time and make a change and i stay back in the past everything that happens in the future is now in an alternate timeline it's not part of the original line that you were originally in so you know they were doing great in the movie all the way up into the part at the very end where they talk you know where captain america comes back um he you know he goes out to bring back this the, all the stones to all their their time periods but then at when they try to bring him back, he doesn't come back. And then all of a sudden the guys see an old man sitting on the bench. I'm like, that shouldn't have happened per your rules because he should not have altered his own timeline. He should have created his own uh, alternate timeline. So it's just, when you make time travel movies, I, I think you just, you got to make sure that you're following your own rules because when you start breaking rules and stuff, I think the story break, tends to break down just a little bit. It was a cool closure for Captain America, but I just think they messed up by having him, reintroduce himself as an old man in their timeline
2: i think they fixed that in uh when bruce is talking to um oh t- uh tilda sweeney's uh character i can't remember um the guardian of the infinity stone um don't they doesn't she say that she's wrong about the timeline
1: yeah he says what what what, what he's telling her in that scene was you know, she said, if you take the, t- the stone out, you know, it splinters off, becomes its own timeline, and you you leave us the shambles. Right. And he says, that's not true because if I come back to the exact moment that you leave, it's like the stone never left. So he was still following his original rules that he was telling Ant-Man in the beginning, except he was telling her that the stone, if they take it out of this time period and I bring it back to the exact moment, it never left your time period. So therefore, you would never have a splinter, uh, a, a, you know, a new timeline being created. Um, so, so with what, what's happening with captain America is captain America goes back, drops off all the stones to their time period. And then he decides to take a trip back to 1940 or maybe even 1970. I don't know exactly when that was supposed to be. Well, probably it was in the forties, it
0: was in the forties.
1: So he, you know, he goes back to his original timeline when he was supposed to have that date with Peggy Carter. And then he lives out his entire life in the current timeline. And I think, I think that's where I'm saying the move, the movie messed up a little bit in, in. Not following
0: their rules, unless and like I said, unless somehow or another the Captain America that we've been seen was never that Steve Rogers. I don't know if that makes sense. Like maybe the one that he beat up uh, when he was facing himself off in twenty twelve. Unless that Captain America continued to live, and when he went back, he decided to. You know, he already knew what he needed to do. I know what you're saying, Daniel, but. I don't
2: know. But uh, I think that they make um, like they make the point of, you know, at the beginning when they're like, so basically back to the future is bullshit and how, you know, Bruce and Nebula like that's not the way time travel works. And we run into this problem with um, Nebula's character because Nebula is in two places at once and she shoots herself basically. She doesn't disappear. She doesn't disappear or anything like that. And they establish that early on in the movie. So she can exist in two different, like, timelines without a lot of, like, issues. So I think Captain America was able to live out his life um, in in the same timeline without any issues.
1: The the other part, I guess I would say to this, and this is kind of going back to what you were talking about just a minute ago with, with the uh, Ancient One, when Bruce was talking with the Ancient One, Monica, is they state that they have to bring the time stone or all the stones back to the exact moment that they left before they were acquired. So that way it doesn't look like they ever left the time stream. Right. So I guess again, following with the whole time travel thing, if Steve Rogers takes the soul stone back to where it was right before it left the time stream, then there shouldn't have been any reason for black widow to die or Gamora or Gamora for that matter. Yeah.
2: No, but they still had to—they still had to die to get to where they were before they were going to return. Like those were death deaths. Those were like Loki getting his neck snapped or whatever, um, because they're returning the stones to their original timeline. But that original timeline wasn't right before Gamora took it or wherever. You know what I mean? Well, like it just, still had to happen. Particularly yeah. with
1: just Black Widow, though, for example. I mean. In order for them to get that stone, Black Widow had to kill themselves. So if Steve Rogers is taking that stone back to that exact moment, there was no purpose, no reason for Black Widow to be dead at that point.
0: And not but only that, wouldn't. and not only that, didn't they didn't they because remember they failed at the Tesseract and they went back even further to go grab that right. one. So which so at what point at which point did they actually drop the Tesseract at? At the twenty twelve point or at the seventies point? He would have had to have taken it back to the seventies. Point I would assume because it,
2: <laughs> well, it, and I think that's the so, fun of not seeing that because they can just kind of let our imaginations run wild without having to like you know make up a whole new science for it. Yeah, um, but I think that the Black Widow thing was they would have never gotten the Soul Stone to begin with had they not correct, you know, gotten Widow so never
1: gotten, gotten it, but because of the fact that they've that has already happened in their present timeline when he was taking the stone back to the moment they took it. She should have been
2: a lot didn't of, have to sacrifice yeah.
1: herself at that point. Does that make sense? What I'm saying?
2: Yeah, but they wouldn't have been able to get it. had she not sacrificed? Well, they've herself. already got it. That, that, no, that's what I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is they, <laughs> when she sacrifices herself and then get the stone.
1: Herself. So she then sacrifices th- herself to get the stone Right. That all plays out in their timeline. Yeah. But because that already happened in their timeline, he goes back to take the stones back to their original timelines. The, she was in the past in one of the Oh, I get what
2: you're saying. Lines. Like he, jumped, he she should not have I he think to jumps, I think he jumps she,
0: ahead. Yeah.
2: I think he, she definitely had to die anyways for them to get the the time stone because they wouldn't have been able to do Correct. all of yes, that. I mean, um the but story. they technically they didn't have to return that infinity stone to its timeline they could have held on to the soul stone
1: they could have yeah but I mean it's just those are the things I thought about when I left the theater and then the last thing that you know when we were talking about the whole how the film was put together and I know this sounds like horrible gripes coming out of me but at the very end of the movie it's five years later Peter Parker (laughs) is walking into the high school and he turns and he looks at Ned and Ned gives him that look like Bro, you're alive. So my initial thought was, Okay, is Ned really stupid and he just got held back five years? Or did he was he part of the snap?
2: He's probably part and of the if snap. He was,
1: if he was part of the snap. Everybody in Spider Man Far From Home that's coming out in two months is part of the snap, and that's kind of just convenience. Well, it could <laughs> so that smart. that
2: movie could be pre Snap. We don't know that. That movie could have ah. taken place before the snap because Ant Man and the Wasp takes place like before the Snap snap and it came out after infinity war so it could totally um i think that the main th- i think that the main thing is we don't see zendaya's character so he doesn't run into her so we don't know like zendaya could have aged five years and then all of a sudden all those students came back you know what i mean aaron um re- aaron are one of our writers for temple of geek did a really great article and he touches on that point of like the um real life implications of All of these people coming back out of nowhere and like, you know, having kids who are technically legally speaking, they're 21 now because a legal document is a legal document, but they might only be like 16 years old, you know, from when they had gotten snapped or whatever. And so, you know, a lot of their classmates might have already moved on and gone on to other things you know, and he talks about like the social structure schools kind of falling apart and people just working to stay alive and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, And so that's a really interesting thing. But I think that um, far from home might have been before the snap and we don't see Zendaya. So we don't know if like, you know, I'm sorry, I keep saying Zendaya, but in the movie, her name is Mary Jane um, or MJ, MJ Michelle Michelle Jones, Michelle Jones. (laughs) MJ, so you know, we don't see her, we only see Ned. So we don't know. Maybe she maybe she survived the snap and is like 21. (laughs) That's just time
0: travel movies are they they can be quite a soap opera (laughs) when you start to try and untangle the web. Ah, you see what I did there?
2: And, you know, I don't know. Like, I think it's it's fun. I think that they they did a really good job as far as like saying it in the beginning, like, hey man, all of the movie stuff you've seen is bullshit. Like, don't buy into it, just enjoy the movie, you know?
1: Correct. And you know, don't don't get me wrong. I really love the movie. I'm just saying that those are were- when I watch a time travel movie, and I think I've discussed this with Paul numerous times, because Paul and I watch all these movies, and we've always discussed time travel in movies, and it's always like a big sore spot with us because they establish rules in these time travel movies, and they always seem to never follow them in this, their their respective movies. And I think Avengers was guilty of the same thing.
2: Oh my God! Don't watch Doctor Who then, because <laughs> none of that shit makes sense.
1: <laughs> it doesn't make it doesn't make Avengers a bad movie. It's just those are some of the things like. For me, with Captain America at the end, I was—I um, forgot who I was telling this to, but it would have been a much cooler scene for me, I think, if it would have been when, they, when he disappears to go bring the stones back to the timeline, and then when they try to bring him back, the only thing that comes back is the shield, and the shield has the little wristband thing that helps him travel through time attached to it with a note to Falcon explaining that he stayed back in the past, and then they would have cut to him dancing with Peggy. That, to me, would have been a much better ending because then they would have followed their rules. You wouldn't have seen Old Man Steve at the end of the movie because he wouldn't have been a part of their timeline at that point. So, I mean, to me, that would have been a much better, a, a much better wrap up because they would have followed their rules. But you know, again, it's not saying I didn't like the movie. I love the freaking movie. I think the movie's amazing. Paul.
0: Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul? Um, no, man. I it, it's. Again, it was a fitting end. I'm not saying it was an amazing movie. I mean, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy all the action scenes there. Were, now, here, here comes my nitpicking, and I don't know if this is just a standard Marvel thing. I mean, you got all this budget, and sometimes that CG just looks so wonky at times, and and that that bothered me. Um, in particular, I know it was Professor Hulk, but that to me just looked sometimes it looked really, really cheap. Like, it just didn't look like it was complete. Um... So, yeah, some of the CG. I'm sure
1: Monica's probably sitting there going, What the hell? Why am I doing an episode with these <laughs> Talking
2: so much crap It's okay. About the I already did an episode with people that love the movie. So, like, I did another episode on just the emotions wrapped up <laughs> on oh, the well, see, well, see, <laughs> see Again,
1: we love the movie.
0: Yeah. Just, the, the, these, are we, the, these are the gripes, these are the nitpicks, you know? We
1: like to gripe about things. We can't, there has not been a perfect movie yet. Although, this movie has come close to becoming a perfect film.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. uh, it, I mean, I'm just was,
2: a fan. I'm here to cheer it on. So, Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I liked, I liked, you know, the very end where we see every single character that has been, you know, a part of the, the MCU since birth on the battlefront. I mean, that was, that was a really cool sight to see like, Holy crap, man. We just saw 11 years worth of, of, um, interpretations of these characters all in one movie and it's not, and it's not um, uh, like an animation or anything. I mean, uh, you you know, per se, there's actual real people in these roles. So that was really, really cool. I, 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 I did get teary eyed in that. Um,
1: Oh, I was bawling.
2: Man, you guys are jumping ahead and answering all my questions. (laughs) Before Uh, we jump ahead too far, because I'm going to ask you guys about those exact things in a moment. Um, This movie had a much different tone than Infinity War. What did you think about the overall tone of this movie?
1: I'll let Paul go first.
0: The overall tone, um, it seemed like it was... uh, From Infinity War, it seemed it was... um, I don't want to say fear, but... It was more um, um, like not being prepared um, and, 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 and worrisome about what would be the outcome of, you know, of, a, of an adversary they've never dealt with. So, like I said, I don't want to lean towards fear for Infinity War. So going into this one, I think it was being more prepared, but also with that taste for revenge. Like I know Thor was really itching for that because he killed Loki. He killed... Um, uh, you know, the, the rest of the Asgardians that were on the ship. So he was looking for blood. A lot of people were looking for blood. So um, I think the tone of this film, if I were to put it in a few words, was, yeah, it would just be revenge and uh, uh, redemption. Uh,
2: I like that. Revenge and redemption.
0: Yeah. Avenging. Avenging.
2: Avenging. It took so, uh, 22 movies, but they finally avenged. Yeah, something. Right.
1: <laughs> if, if Infinity War was about how not working together as a team will basically be your downfall, this movie is the exact opposite. It's where they all come together. They become a giant team. They finally work together to defeat the obstacle. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's about revenge. It's about, it's about, uh, avenging the fallen you know trying to make right what what was wrong um i I, that to me was what the tone was about i mean the big walk away takeaway that i got from this movie was you know they had to work together as a team in order to defeat thanos they didn't work together as a team in the last movie they all went off in individual little in their own little individual teams to go try to stop them and each little individual team failed because they weren't together as a you know as a unit and one of my favorite scenes is Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, the holy trinity of the Marvels Universe, walking out together to face Thanos. You know, you didn't see that in the last movie. And it's only as a team were they able to defeat him.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like Infinity War was um, like a very sad, stark um, kind of movie where like, you know, it's the first time we ever see these superheroes lose. It's the first time they really feel defeat. And the tone was like what, like when I walked out, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I just went to a funeral. Like, don't you dare clap at the end credits, you know, like, don't you dare, like we are at a memorial service now. Um, and so then going into, um, you know, this movie, it was so much more inspiring, so much more hopeful and there was so much excitement because like, you know, you finally see your, your heroes starting to win and then getting over to like, the point where the where they actually win, um, like for me, I felt like the overall tone of it was really inspiring. Um, the movie also felt like one giant emotional roller coaster. Uh, we start with like the snapping of Clint's family, and then we end with like Captain getting his dance. Which moments did you guys feel were like the most emotional to you personally?
0: Slade. The
1: hamburger scene. Cheeseburger. Oh, man. And what did <laughs> that, you say, that,
2: Paul? That was... Slade?
0: No, I was uh, <laughs> I was tipping the mic in. Yeah. him. <laughs>
1: um, the cheeseburger scene. You know, because that was a callback to Iron Man 1 where, you know, Foggy's sitting there talking to the little girl. Um, Morgan, I believe her name was. Yeah, Baby he's Stark. Like, he's like, you know, what do you want? She's like, cheeseburgers. And he's like, your dad loved cheeseburgers. Because if you remember in Iron Man 1 when he came out of the cave, that was the first thing he asked for was the cheeseburgers. Yeah. So, So um, yeah, that, that kind of hit me. It was just like, (gasps) (laughs) so um, that was probably my, my, my scene. I think the second scene that probably got me was uh, Thor talking to his mom and, you know, finally getting the advice that he needed because he needs his mother and he finally got to see her again and get, get the advice that he needed to get himself ready for the final battle. So I thought that was really cool. So, Th- those are my two sad, sad scenes.
2: And Paul, what about you? Uh, I mean, they don't have to be sad; they can be just emotional, any emotion.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and 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 like Daniel said, uh, Thor, when you see him talking to his mother, that's like the you know I, I think everybody just needs you know that that pep talk from their mom. So. And going in tandem with what you were saying with, you know, with the hammer, it was at that point where he got the, um, he got the wisdom that he needed to hear. And that's when he, when he called, that's how I took it is when he called on for the hammer and when he says, yeah, I'm still worthy it's because yeah, he, he got the pep talk that he needed. And then the other, uh, the other one in, in, in tandem with the hammer is, is yeah. When Captain America got the hammer, that was an awesome scene.
2: So yes.
1: apparently you just like hammers.
0: I do.
2: <laughs> I mean, those were hammers! amazing. <laughs> those are really, really emotional scenes. Those were great. And I think that it's really hard because there's so many emotional moments in this movie, whether it's oh, like yeah. happy, excited, whatever. Like this movie was like jam packed with it. Um, when they snapped Clint's family, I was like, oh, this is how we're starting? Like, wow. This is what we're doing now? Like, just going to like stab me a little bit more like Infinity War didn't ruin me. Well, they're
1: like you've already seen this snap happen in two other films, so let's just do it one more time. Let's
2: just <laughs> let's just dig the knife in a little bit deeper. You were healing, and we're just going to cut open those wounds. Is what happened there. Let's just remind you how bad this sucks. It that was exactly what they did. These bastards. Um, but I think for me, um, cheeseburgers was absolutely one of those moments. Like you know, especially just you know. For my family in particular, my son was a huge Iron Man fan. He was four when the movie came out and he was, you know, just like obsessed with Iron Man. So watching my like teenage son now, who's like, you know, he's, he's 15 and he's just like breaking down over cheeseburgers, you know? And I'm just like, as the mom, like, Oh my God, like my poor baby, you know, he's feeling for Iron Man so bad right now. Um, I think those were really, really great moments. You guys are nailed it on that. Like, Thor thing I totally agree like Thor with his mother Thor being worthy and being able to get his hammer back was like amazing but I think also the moments between um Nebula talking to herself basically it's kind of weird but like Nebula's character development just felt like such a gift and um seeing her like she's always had these kind of like yearnings to kind of you know, prove herself to her father, prove herself to Gamora, prove herself to everybody. And she's finally seeing kind of like her future self, like, you know, kind of like saying like, you know, I couldn't be better. And then she chooses not to be better. And so like future Gamora has a uh, future Nebula has to kind of come to terms with the type of person she used to be. And I thought that was really complex. And it was really interesting. And that whole thing of just kind of like facing yourself and facing like, like looking at a mirror of like your past, I felt was like really strong and it really just kind of like put a lump in my throat a little bit. Um, it was kind of a weird thing, I guess, but I just thought everything going on with Nebula was really, really interesting and emotional no, for I, me.
1: I appreciate that. They actually gave her more scenes in this film. It's like they actually expanded on her character more and made us understand her a lot better. Cause she, she didn't really have, you know, much development in the first, uh, guardians movie and then they they i felt that they kind of shoehorned her shoehorned her i can't even talk shoehorned her into the second guardians movie just by kind of having her chase down gamora and stuff um but this movie they really gave her a chance to shine and i i really appreciated what they did for her character because now it makes me understand her motivations even more and kind of understand where she's going from here
2: also, I didn't see that coming, that she would be such a big character in the Marvel universe when we see her in Guardians and stuff. Like, I, I never would have assumed that she would be such a big role.
0: Well,
1: yeah, because when they introduced her in the first movie, she was kind of just one of those, oh, you think she's going to be a throwaway villain? Yeah. Um, and she kind of just walks away. It's like, ha ha, I lived to fight again, you know, with her broken arm and stuff. Yeah. And then she comes back in the second mo- movie. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm with you. I never thought she would be where she's at right now.
0: And I gotta say, I, I really gotta give it to the Russos because it, it seems like in they 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 tactically and men- meticulously planned each care each I, I don't know wanna say uh, sub character, but each each character that wasn't part of the original Avenge- Avengers uh, phase one group. And gave him more screen time. Ant-Man got some time. Nebula got some time. Um, Oh, what's his name?
2: Um, Rocket got all kinds of time. Yeah,
0: Rocket, but... um, Oh my God, I can't even think of his name. Oh, the Hulk. Like, we actually got a lot of Hulk in this movie, you know? Um, And that's not something that we usually see. We always used to see, uh, like, Hulk with, you know, a couple minutes uh, at a time, other uh, other than Ragnarok, but... Yeah, it was it was it was nice to see the Russos actually just giving fair share to to some of the other characters, other than you know like Captain America and and Iron Man and Thor and all that. So
2: that's and a the really, good was point, really good Yeah, and also now that you're mentioning Hulk, like even um, Clint and uh, Natasha get a lot more time yes. than we usually get from them, and their story was so so heavy handed as far as like emotions and feelings and everything. So I feel like they finally got their moment as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, you got to get it to the Russos. I mean, they, 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 they nailed it. Um, story wise.
2: Did you guys have any fan theories going on into the movie that didn't pan out that you just thought this is what's (laughs) going to happen and it didn't go that way. Daniel.
1: Well, the, The one theory I had, I think I told Paul this when we were discussing the movie before it came out, was I predicted that they were going to go fight Thanos at the very beginning of the movie and get their asses whooped, and then that's why uh, it was going to... You know, time was going to progress, and then they were going to go back and get Captain Marvel and get everybody out to help win the war and then unsnap at the very end and everybody comes back. It didn't happen in that exact way, but that was my theory kind of going in. I thought Thanos was going to beat the crap out of him again at the very beginning of the movie. But what we see in the movie, if I was totally not expecting was Thor to run up there and chop his head off and be like, yeah. they're like, what did you do Yeah, for the
2: head? Yeah. yeah they, uh,
0: everybody just, in my theater, everybody went, Oh
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it was so funny because you know how the screen goes black after that, you know? Um, like my kid said it really loud he's like seven he was like that's it and he was like so confused and everybody around started laughing because like we were all thinking that you know we were like wait what just happened you know um but my kid went and said it out loud and that that scene was crazy what about you paul did you have any um kind of like fan theories going in
0: so I had two, and um, the first one I had was, because I was telling Daniel this, I said, I think the original three, the, the, the three that had their trilogies are going to die. And the reason why I kept thinking that was because there's, I and mean, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what number trailer it was, but it was the trailer where they were focusing on the three, and then they were showing the colors of the red. And I'm like, well, I don't know, man, they're they're, they're, they're focusing on them, I, and then it shows that one scene. Now I thought it was like in space, but it was actually. Come to find out, it was just when uh, Thanos ripped through the that that wormhole and just destroyed that the compound. So it just made it look like a desolate area. But in the trailer, it made it look like they were in space somehow, or like you know, it was on some kind of planet. And like it, they were on Titan yeah, something. you know, and I was like, I, I don't know, man. I think that just might be the scene. Like each each one of them are going to sacrifice some somehow or some. They're going to get an honorable death, you know, in the in the movie. And that didn't happen all the way, and it only happened thirty percent of the way. But uh, then the other one that I had was uh, so I know the MCU. It it takes. I mean, obviously, you don't want to see a carbon copy from book to movie because you know that would that would not be great um but the mcu does use some um or marvel does use some elements from books and they change some stuff around for for their movie purposes um so the one theory that i or when i was watching it i was just like oh man are we actually going to get this person i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you who it was um there's a scene in the book um Gamora, sorry, I always keep saying Gamora. In the book, Nebula is actually a person that actually undoes or undoes um, Thanos's uh, wipeout, and she has the the gauntlet for a while. And she just goes apeshit crazy. Um, so there was oh, a scene of Mo- yeah, there was a scene in the movie, and I was just like, man, that it, it, it kind of reminded Now, this was bad nebula, but she was just like, you know, I, I'm, I'm on my way to get the gauntlet or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. So they're kind of taking aspects of that, but it was bad nebula. It wasn't good nebula. Um, and then uh, that part at the end or towards the end when they were like, uh, oh, there's something in the sky. Is it coming? And then the sky started gr- uh, glowing yellow and i was like oh my god are we getting adam warlock because in the book adam warlock is the one that actually defeats thanos and 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 makes everything right right, brings the harmony back so i was like oh my god are we getting are we getting adam warlock here to to i mean he probably he's probably not going to undo everything but this is going to be his introduction right here and it was uh captain marvel i mean it was still it was still a nice a nice scene but that's what i was thinking i was just like oh man they're going to do it and, and they didn't but that that's totally fine so my theories were my theories weren't weren't there, but I'm, I'm glad they weren't there. Actually, the way it played out was was actually pretty good.
2: Exactly. What was your
1: theory? I know you had one. I'm sorry. What? I know you had a theory. What was yours?
2: Me? Oh, man, I had so many. I really <laughs> honestly thought that Thor and Hulk were going to die. Like, I just thought that, you know, their kind of stories were going to just end there. I thought because in Infinity War, we didn't see Hulk and he was, you know, he wouldn't come out and he wouldn't come out. I thought that in Endgame, Hulk would finally like come out again, reveal himself as a sacrifice, like to save everybody. And he would like, you know, compromise himself, you know, for the sake of everybody else as Hulk. So when I see Professor like Hulk coming out all like, you know, best of both worlds, I was like, oh, man, I was so wrong. And then also I thought Thor was going to die because he had nothing left to live for. You see him in Infinity War talking with Rocket and he's saying, you know, like, oh, what's left to lose, you know? And so I just thought, like, Thor was like, you know, this is the end of for me. I'm just going to go ahead and, like, die. You know, I'm just going to try to save everybody. It's my fault that I didn't cut off Hulk's um, – I'm sorry, not Hulk, Thanos' head. Um, so I'm going to sacrifice myself for everybody. And that's what I thought was going to happen. And that was totally wrong. And I'm so glad because I loved Hulk's character. I thought it was super weird, but I love that he like came to terms with like these two sides of himself, the Hulk and like Bruce Banner. Um, And I love Thor so much. So I'm glad it he didn't die, and I'm glad he's off with the Guardians now in finding Gamora or whatever you want to finding Nemo, finding Gamora kind of <laughs> story, I'm, which the I'm also story. guessing is going to be like the next movie <laughs> for Guardians. It, it
1: probably is. I think James Gunn's going to have to make some changes to it to add Thor to the roster.
2: <laughs> it's going to be exciting. I have no doubt. So if it's anything yeah. like the last eleven years, like I'm on board.
1: But, you know, it's really weird. Everybody I've talked to, everybody says they thought Thor was going to die. And I never got that feeling at all. Because I was like, he's on like a high point right now. He just came off of Thor Ragnarok, his best movie ever. Um, he was like the standout character in Infinity War. I was like, I don't think he's going to die. I think he's going to still be a part of this franchise. I, I never thought that. But everybody I talked to was like, yeah, Thor's going to die. Cap's going to die. I- Iron Man's going to die. So I was like, "I don't know, man." I never
0: thought the way. For me, yeah, that's how I took it. The way they were alluding in those trailers, or at least that one specifically, that's the impression I got. I was like, "Okay, well," i I don't know about you guys. I I for sure knew Tony Stark was going to go because it started with Iron Man. It only makes sense if it ends with Iron Man. In a a sense, you know.
2: I really Um, kind of like had accepted that as well but I didn't want it. So I was just kind of like, well, one of them's going to go. I'm just going to mentally prepare myself.
0: And so going back with what Daniel said, or or, I'm sorry, maybe it was you, Monica, that said that, you know, he had nothing left to live for. Thor had nothing left to live for. I was thinking the same thing with um, Captain America that Steve Rogers was going to say, well, you know what? I've, I've done my duty as the, as you know, the super soldier, you know, my best friend's gone. I, I, I obviously had very big repressed memories when I saw Peggy Carter again in, in, in a time that I probably won't ever be able to come to.
2: Right, he's And a the
0: it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just thought that he was accepting that term too. Like, well, this is all, I'm a super soldier and this is all superficial. I was never supposed to be here to begin with. I, all I wanted to do was just sign up and be in the army. <laughs> you know absolutely so, yeah so so for him to make that sacrifice you know it, it was almost the same like that's that's what i'm getting and then and then I, I, everything that you uh said about thor and made sense too so i don't know like like i said that's that's the impression i got that those three were gonna go but only 30 percent did only one was, third
2: okay. was there anything absolutely that you guys did not see coming because we talked about what we kind of like what we thought was going to happen, but was there stuff that you were just like blown away by? Like, oh my God, how did that even occur? Yeah, Thanos getting his head <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think, that's, I think
0: that's number one.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: fat Thor.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that either.
2: No, that was brilliant.
0: <laughs> now, again, um, I, again, I kind
1: of assumed that we were going to see the Hulk. Uh, okay,
0: well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, again, I, I think the Hulk was there, but I don't think anybody. At least me, I, I, never, I never would assume Professor Hulk was going to be in it.
2: Yeah, exactly. That was... Whew, my goodness. Um, I think one of the things I really didn't see coming was Black Widow dying. I don't know why it never occurred to me that she might die. And it would make sense. So like She has a movie coming out. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> what it was. Like I just didn't think that she would die. And when she got all and suicide like I squad knocked, uh, with they Clint? Put the stone
1: back oh, and She's God. still there. I'm just playing. <laughs> they just have to go back and get her
2: oh my god yeah it's just it's crazy like I didn't see that one coming I was like yeah and then her and Clint getting all suicide squad and trying to like you know die for one another like I suicide squad. yeah like I just thought that like for sure it would be like Clint going for the soul so once we were in that scene I was like Clint's gonna be like look I'm a bad dude I've done all this bad stuff I'm just gonna throw myself in you know but to see Nat die like That really was like shocking to me. It was shocking. I was shook. I am shook. I was (laughs) shook when Gamora went off. That whole Vormir thing is not okay with me. When when yeah, the
1: Gamora the Gamora one was more of a. I I didn't have the emotional. It it didn't have the emotional impact with me with Scar. uh, You know, uh, Black Widow that it did with Gamora. Yeah, it just the Gamora version of the death was more of a traumatic experience for me than it was with Black Widow and and I I'm,
0: and, I'm, and I I want to say because I'm the same way because I think the the Gamora scene is is a little because she's she's not expecting to die and right. so when she's thrown off the the well actually you know when when it's when it's kind of revealed like well aka someone's going to have to die and he just throws her off yeah that 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 that's very very you know it hits you in the chest
2: well, what but really we, bothered me. I'm sorry,
0: Paul. Well, I was just gonna say, but with the with the Black Widow and and Hawkeye scene, that got a little drawn out. I was just like, no, I'm gonna go. No, I'm gonna go. No, I'm gonna go. No, I'm gonna go. <laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, obviously one of you guys are gonna go. So stop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just go. Yeah. <laughs> no. So um, for me, the Gomorrah scene was really hard because it, there's a point where she grabs Thanos's arm and she's trying to hold on to him and i was just like you sick bastard like how could like that really got me with gamora trying to save her own life and like you're right that that scene with um with clint and with natasha is a little bit drawn out but that scene gave me false hope because i was like oh you know thanos he didn't care he was willing to just kill gamora but they're not willing to kill each other so you know i thought like maybe they were going to find a loophole or maybe so like i got this false sense of hope That I was like, they're going to figure it out. Like, maybe, like, the soul stone was a test. And if they both tried to, like, you know, save each other, they would get the soul stone or something. And I got some – I just – I guess I didn't want to see it happen. And I just got, like, all these high hopes that they were going to figure it out, especially when you see Natasha sitting on the rock. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, they're going to figure it out. There's going to be a plan. And when she dies, I was like, oh, shit, there was no plan, like –
1: well, let me ask you this, because Scarlett Johansson has been pretty much in it since Iron Man 2, the third movie of the entire series, do you think seven movies. was kind of a cheap death? Do you think this was kind of a cheap death for her? Like, do you think she should have went out differently? No. I guess I should say, you know, more dramatic, you know, kind of, kind of like how Iron Man did. Iron Man went out like triumphant, but Scarlett Johansson kind of had, to me, it was just kind of a low key death.
2: No, I think the opposite... I I think the opposite. I think that she went out fighting, like in the beginning of Endgame, you see her and she's like, she says, the only thing I have going for me is this job. And she is doing nothing but trying to find, you know, Clint. And she's telling, you know, War Machine, she's like, you know, we have to find him, go find him, you know? And she's obsessed with finding him, even though like War Machine's telling her, just let him go. He's like, he's not okay. He's like, you know, off being you know, the face of death right now. And, but for her, her whole life starting from like, you know, when we finally uh, get introduced to Hawkeye and Avengers, like their relationship is really, really important. Her whole life revolves around like, kind of like, that's the only family she has. She says that this job is her everything. So it makes perfect sense that she would kill herself to save the thing that she loves the most, which in this is Hawkeye. It's not a romantic love, But it's a family love and it's a like a deep friendship and a deep connection where she doesn't have siblings. She doesn't have a spouse. She doesn't have a boyfriend. She has nothing but Clint and his family. And knowing that she was willing to die just for the chance that he might be reunited with his family, I thought was amazing and beautiful. And I thought it was a perfect way for Black Widow to go. I mean, you know, like I would have rather she hooked up with Bruce and lived happily ever after in this weird little superhero world. But I think that her death was very significant.
0: Yeah. Slade.
2: (laughs) Sorry. I just (laughs) loved it so much.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I guess, I guess my thought behind it was, you know, we got to see this really amazing epic finale for Iron Man and, You know, Scarlett Johansson, I thought, was part of the series just as long. And it just seemed like they kind of retread something from the last movie and gave her a similar death to a character we've already seen that happen to. And I just I I thought that that was kind of I thought that was just kind of downplayed for her character. I think I felt that she should have had something a little bit more going out in in style or something like that because it was Black Widow, you know? No, I, Um, I get
2: why you say that. Like, I can I can wrap my head around that
0: i just thought just i, I just thought her her quote unquote funeral scene was a little cheap too because iron man got
1: yeah, they didn't even acknowledge yeah. her at the end
2: yeah that's a hulk good point her, awesome.
0: yeah.
1: it's like she's gone yeah. and then hulk throws the bench and
2: that's it why didn't they but do a end, memorial for both of them like why yeah, didn't they exactly I mean, what?
0: exactly
1: that's a good point so yeah kind of messed up but whatever
2: yeah, I don't mind her death so much as her funeral now. Damn, I'm not okay now with you that. You. Now you're mad. <laughs> how girl, dare um, they um, kill um, my girl like that?
0: <laughs> so, speaking of the funeral, did you guys notice how um, the funeral was uh, like done? Um, like, they had basically everybody's like respective movies were.
1: Yeah, they were all segregated. Yeah, basically, house. basically huddled
0: up like that. Like that was like who they were attending the funeral with. So you except had, for Iron Man three, he was just there by himself.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the kid.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was. So, I, I, and you know what? For for the life of me, I don't understand why. You know, if they brought back Natalie Portman for one scene to open the door or get up from bed, why didn't they bring back Liv Tyler to just stand there with um what's his
1: with name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they're trying to like not really acknowledge that the Incredible Hulk movie took place, even though it did. Well, and
0: see, yeah, and, and it see they
2: didn't even invite Edward Norton to the thing.
0: Well, because <laughs> what's it called when Civil War came out? Like it, it, in a sense, when Mark Ruffalo replaced Norton, there was really no, there was really no um, reference to the Incredible Hulk until. William Hurt came in for Civil War and acknowledged that. Okay, well, they finally say say they're finally saying that this Hulk and the Edward Norton Hulk are now finally one in the same. Because at first, yeah, I didn't know if they were going to just (laughs) just pull a Halle Berry storm it and just like yeah that that movie that movie happened, but it didn't happen. Right, right. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's like So when I was seeing that they yeah, had the kid from Iron Man 3, I'm like, why don't why didn't they just put Liv Tyler in there?
2: Yeah. I get that. I get that.
1: Because she wasn't really around the Avengers, I guess. I mean, if I was just to throw out an answer, I think that would be what it was. She had no connection with any of the Avengers. She only knew bruce so she would have no reason to be there
2: yeah i mean it would make more sense to have like you know the the gang or the team from ant-man's team than it would to have her i guess or even jane i guess you could have seen jane with thor or something you know
0: but then again then again in incredible hulk (laughs) she was (laughs) she was uh She was getting, or not she was, but uh, that Hulk was getting attacked by Stark industry equipment. So there's your tie there. Yeah,
2: and then you see Tony at the end of that movie. When he comes up to Tony's in the movie, like he's in the end credit scene, I think.
0: Which I still think, I still think, and, and this is just a segue a bit. I still think the Incredible Hulk happens after Iron Man 2.
1: It happens during the same time.
0: Because, yeah, because that scene does not make sense after Iron Man 1. If you watch Iron Man 1 and then you watch that end credit scene at Incredible Hulk and then watch Iron Man 2, it does not make any sense, like, time-wise. Because Iron Man 2, 2, he was trying to, you know, he was basically getting kicked out, but then redeems himself.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, we've had we've we've had nineteen movies since then. Let's move on. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, was there anything that you guys would have liked to have seen in the movie that you didn't get to see?
1: Oh man, where do I begin? <laughs> so, for the longest time, when In Game was out, we heard rumors that uh, Hugh Jackman was actually on set.
0: No, I didn't. Ever, I never heard that.
1: Oh yeah, he was on set, but he was only there visiting. Oh. People assume that he was there filming a scene. Um it would have been amazing if they would have the one thing I wanted to see at the very end of this movie, and don't get me wrong, I really like the way they did it. I really appreciate the fact that they didn't do an in-credit scene because it's like this is this is it. There's nothing else to allude to. We're wrapping up this story. There's no teases, there's nothing. This is the complete story. So I appreciate that they did that. But I was hoping that we would see something at the very end like I don't know a mutant being born or uh, some people throwing something at somebody just to kind of tease that, Hey, this is what we're getting ready to see in phase four and five and six or whatever. Yeah. You know, mutants are coming. Um, or maybe have Galactus out in space. Thank you. So that's what I was going to say a mm-hmm. fly by or something just to tease the Fox merger. It would have been so cool just to see that in this movie, but you know, I'm happy with what they did, but it was just, it would have been, that would have put a huge smile on my face to see that into that movie just as a stinger.
2: Very cool. And what about you, Paul?
0: Yeah, I was. I was just gonna say, like, I, I was hoping to see. I was hoping to see, like, when 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 they unsnapped everybody and everybody came back, just like y- you're seeing the uh, you're seeing the roll call. Basically, uh, you're seeing Peter Quill. You're seeing uh, Drax and Antenna Girl. You're seeing Spider Man. Yeah and just like like again the roll call and it would have been so cool to see if you saw like the fantastic four just pop up in there that would have been cool that really would have been cool to see and <laughs> and, and and that's and that's all they had to do is just show up and fight off in a distance or something i, I don't know it but. would have
1: been like banner thought a little too hard in to <laughs> <of> the <laughs> universe they shouldn't have been there what did you do
0: and howard the duck would have been nice to see in there
1: yeah howard the duck definitely <laughs>
0: But no, yeah, I, I really I was really hoping for Fantastic Four. And like I said, that that one scene of uh, if, if Adam Warlock popped up in there, that would have been kind of cool, too.
2: That's um, I had um, some hopes that I would see like. Um, so in Captain Marvel, you see uh, Maria Rambeau's daughter, Monica. And, uh, you know, by this time, she would have been an adult. And, uh, so, you know, when, when this all happened, so I, I was hoping that we would see her as like a superhero, um, or maybe even because Miss, uh, Captain Marvel has, you know, happened in the nineties that we would see like, a a Miss Marvel, like, you know, fangirl of, you know, of Captain Marvel just kind of come out. And so I was hoping Mm -hmm. to kind of see something like that, that would allude to like, you know, the next wave or whatnot. Um, and then I was also kind of, um hoping that we would see maybe like because they, they allude to the Nova Corps um, very early on in the Guardians movies and I was just kind of hoping that we would see like a Nova at some point um, or even like some mention of like the Guardians going off and we're like oh we're gonna go here or there um, and you know there's these Nova peoples have, as they'd mentioned it before but you know it, none of that happened so I, I was really hoping for like the future of Marvel teas, but Same as you guys. We didn't get that. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, I think I think Nova's coming. Um, Sadly, Thanos decimated that planet. So none of the decor is still alive.
2: Yeah, I was a little bummed about that. Um, So Endgame has broken all kinds of box office records. What do you guys think this means um, as far as like geek culture and the mainstreaming of like these geek comic book movies?
1: God, you're asking us a real question. What happened to the fun ones? I'm just playing. I'm <laughs> such <a dark>. so, <laughs> now we're getting now it's time to get deep. Um, <laughs> deep. So I I don't think it means like, you know, we're gonna see these movies win any type of awards at the Oscars. You know, I think Black Panther was a fluke, you know, meaning that the Oscars did a one and done and that's it we're not going to see these type of movies win again even though i think a movie like this would deserve some type of oscar praise because of the just the sheer achievement of what it did with 22 different franchises or you know 22 films in multiple different franchises um but you know as far as where it goes from here i, I, I don't know paul
0: <laughs> as far as me
1: <laughs> yeah paul paul's gonna take it to the to the bank what do you think paul
0: Um, as far as like like the future of like the genre, I guess, or the future, I guess, um, I.
2: More of like, you know, it's broken all these box office records, right? Which means yeah. like, you know, everybody has seen it at this point. Well, not everybody, but close to everybody has seen the movie at this point. They all came out opening weekend for it. There's this incredible fandom and it's much more mainstream than, for example, when we were teenagers or when we were younger. So kind of like, what do you think having like these these movies breaking these box office records means for like geek culture becoming part of like... Of mainstream and not just its own little kind of like niche
0: oh okay i see what you're saying um yeah it, because now if, if you think about it as as big as that that universe is um and because yeah i think it's even bigger than the x-men universe now uh, movie wise uh, but as big as that universe is it's like it, it was I don't even know how what I was about to say. <laughs> I, okay. Uh, uh, I think, uh, well, I think what I was trying to say was that I, I, I don't think you're not going to see it go anywhere. Like, um, I don't think it's going to go into uh, hiding. I think it's going to, uh, I think it's made its stamp and... Yeah, I I really don't know how to say it. Daniel.
2: No, I think you have a great (laughs) point, Paul, is that it's made its stamp in like the mainstream culture and mainstream pop culture. And you're right. Like if it has survived like these, you know, 11 years, 22 movies. And, you know, I remember maybe like maybe five or six years ago, people complaining like, oh, another superhero movie. They're going to run out of ideas. They're going to run out of this. But they haven't.
0: Now I, I will I will attest to that that um, I, I do believe it it is happening because it's happened with me and I, I mean I love comic books I love video games I, I love graphic novels and stuff and I love seeing that stuff on screen. However, superhero fatigue I do believe is a very very prominent thing right now because it's like yeah you're you're getting you're getting acclimated to two or three from, from the Marvel side, let's say two or three per year. And then you get some DC stuff and then you get some stuff on TV and then you get some stuff on animation stuff. So there's a lot of stuff to keep up with that you, yeah, you fatigue, you, you, you got to pick your battles. Which one are you going to, which one are you going to focus on? Which one do you have more of a, an alliance with, or which one do you have more, um, or which one do you just like better? Um, and like I said, we were I
1: were just talking about that the other day when you were like, "What movies are you going to go see?" I was like, "Well, the only ones that I'm planning on seeing for the rest of this year is Spider Man and Star Wars." Yeah, I
0: mean, you you it. It it really it's a real thing. I mean, it's I, I think like I said, the Marvel thing is because yes, I I think they literally saw the End Game in sight maybe six or seven years ago. They they said, "Okay, well, we just need to." Somehow or another, tie all this stuff together and just close this thing off. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I don't think they ex- expected it to go 20-something movies. Um, but, you know, their, their plan was there to make this massive universe and this soap opera and just close it. Um, with that being said, you know, the 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 double edge on that sword is that, again, you're, you're, you're falling into fatigue because exactly why you said it the, the phrase oh man there's another superhero movie coming out i want to watch it but oh, man it's just going to be the same thing and it's just different people different characters and stuff so
1: Monica <laughs> oh,
2: no i'm you know um i think it's i think it's a very exciting time for geeks i feel like we no longer have to say like you know oh i'm ashamed to like these comic book movies i'm ashamed to like these things because it's so mainstream now i think about like my kids who have grown up marvel they've grown up with you know, they've grown up with a Harry Potter movie every year. They've grown up with a, you know, wizarding fantasy, Lord of the Rings. There's in their lifetime, there's never been a time where there wasn't this fantasy and superhero and beautiful like escapism. They've grown up with like the star Wars movies and there's just so much content out there that I think for them it's normalized and it's not weird. So like maybe for us as like, older generations, there might be this fatigue of, we're like, we're trying to keep up because I feel like when we were younger, there wasn't enough content. There was nothing out there.
0: Not on film or not on film at all. We were just
2: grasping and we would take whatever we can get and we would like over. And now it's just, the market is like flooded with it, which is a wonderful thing for, you know, creativity and for like storytelling and being able to find like your niche and things that, you know, you relate to. But I think that like this younger generation just has all that and it's so normal to them. It's the same as like a romantic comedy or a horror movie. It's just like so very normal to them. So I think it kind of opens the doors of creativities because you see all these amazing video games that are being made from like the Star Wars games or like, you know, like Halo movies being turned into, um, you know, like video game movies. Uh, happening all the time, and I don't know. I just think it's a really exciting time in geek, and you know,
0: no, it, it, it is. And, and and the cosplay, the cosplay side of that too, has actually helped contribute to that acceptance. Because yeah, before I don't I don't even think the presence was. I mean, yeah, I know, but there's there was cosplay there um, before, but I don't think it ever had the um, the army that it has right now. And then and I think, like I said, I think that's that's helped with it. With the acceptance.
2: Right. Where before it was like really like um I, I always think of the episode of the Big Bang Theory where they dress up as mm-hmm. like Star Trek characters and the girls are kinda like making <laughs> fun of them. But now that's like so there's so many conventions happening across the country. There's so many yeah. cosplayers that, you know, have gained a lot of popularity that it just seems almost normal now. Like, oh, you'd you know. You like this thing? Oh, you dress up like it? Okay, cool. Like, But it's not something like weird anymore. Correct. All right, guys. So um, what do you guys think of the future of Marvel? Are you excited or are you guys nervous? I'm
0: excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. I, um, like I said, it, it's bittersweet to see this part come to a close. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the direction that they're going to go um with the movies and 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 now like daniel was saying uh you know maybe phase four is with x-men and fantastic four or, or, or yeah just to sum up the fox merger um i mean this
1: this phase had to close in order for us to
0: yeah can, yeah just know, it, it start something new, new yeah start something new so yeah i'm, I'm excited um I can't wait. You know,
1: one thing I want to just kind of mention that we ha- nobody has mentioned. and I've been kind of waiting for this whole episode to see if anybody would mention this part about how awesome it was in the movie.
0: What, Stan Lee? No,
1: freaking Captain America at the end of the movie standing there against that army of Thanos' soldiers looking like the lone soldier, and then all of a sudden you hear
2: Avengers with them? Cap.
1: Cap. <laughs> On your left,
2: oh, you know, yeah, to
1: Winter Soldier, and then all of a sudden, all the portals start opening up. And then, you know, like you said, you get the roll call and everything, and everybody's lined up. And then he says, Avengers Assembly, oh,
0: yeah, dude, yeah, I forgot about I, that.
2: that. That whole thing, the- yeah, was amazing. I think this movie okay. has so much that it's so hard to unpack everything, like. We could
1: talk about it for two days. My absolute favorite scene in the entire movie was just that whole part right there.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like the battlefront was it was really cool to see all those characters from all these years and all these movies just lined up in one big battlefront scene. That was really, really awesome to see. That's why I said I got teary eyed when I saw that. I didn't I didn't cry in this movie, but I did get teary eyed at that moment right there.
1: I think I bawled like a baby with the end, but
2: (laughs) yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. And you know, when you see Dr. Strange and you know, everybody opening up the portals, like I lost my damn mind. I was like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. Like, this is like the best thing when you see Spider-Man swoop in. I'm like, what is he even attaching to? Like, I don't even know. There was a lot of,
0: there was a lot of cheering when, when he popped in. Of course. A lot of cheering.
2: Oh, baby Spidey. He's so precious. (laughs) <laughs> All right, guys. So before we close off, any last thoughts or questions you guys want to throw out to the group before we sign off? Fat Thor. <laughs> That's a question or a thought? <laughs> 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 Are we just gonna give praise I, to him?
0: I'm ready. I'm here's, I'm here's, ready for phase here, four. Here's,
1: here's the thought. So remember I started this whole from job of the Thor thing?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And,
1: you know, my my whole purpose was to try to get to Thor. Well, I don't have to do that anymore because Thor came to me.
2: (laughs) That's cheating. And that's not okay. Daniel, you and I are going to have a talk about that.
1: (laughs) Monica, what about you?
2: No, I mean, I asked all my questions. (laughs) You You don't have any final thoughts? My final thoughts are thank you so much for coming on. Like, I really appreciate you guys having on and giving your thoughts and, you know, letting this fan girl, you know, dig into all your, in your brains and stuff, so I really appreciate having you guys.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks for
0: having
2: us. Yeah, on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mine now, <laughs> it belongs to it's me.
1: All Monica's. <laughs> well, that I gave this thing up.
2: Yeah, and you put it in good hands. Okay, I've done well with it. My I listeners are like, uh, there's five did. of us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways guys okay well then that is going to wrap up this episode of the temple of geek podcast if you have any questions or comments feel free to hit us up on facebook or twitter using the handle temple of geek do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows why don't you head over to TempleofGeek.com? there you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek thank you to our guests our wonderful lovely guests for joining us on this episode my name is Monica, and we will see you next time
1: Bye-bye. bye bye